Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Can you settle down so I can go start? Can you settle down so I can go start? You know what? I'm done. Uh, the governor is considering uh, oh, I 
uh, the governor <laughs> has made the has made uh, is, is has asked the legislature to grant a 70-day a further extension on the stay-at-home order for an additional 70 days. What do you think about that? I think it's necessary because we all got the news last night that a major hospital system, two major hospital systems here in Southeast Michigan, have over 2,000 employees infected with the virus. At 10 health systems, there are over 734 employees sick with the virus, and at Beaumont, there are over 1,500 employees. The other major hospital system, Detroit Medical Centers, did not reload. She goes straight to the bathroom, showers, washes her hair everywhere before she goes into her bed. This is when she gets off work at 7 in the morning. At 7.30, she gets home by 8.15, and then she sleeps for six hours before she feels human again, and she's like, I can't not go to work, because if I don't go to work, when sick folks come in, then what do they do? I have another cousin who is a, uh, who's a nurse in another part in New upstate New York. They're saying the same thing. I have uh, my brother is a nurse in South Carolina. They haven't been hit yet. But he's, like, itching, and I'm like, <laughs> be rearing to go. Because here in Michigan, if our health care workers are affected, and who's going to take care of the sick folks who go into the hospital? So, and so they, they continue to go out and become a danger to everyone else. I hope they realize that they're a danger to their grandmas and their parents and their aunties whom they love and their uncles. And also to their own young children. Young children do get the virus as well. We're just now seeing instances of that, right? So I wanted to make sure of that because I think people are somehow uh, forgetting that. And so we need to cover up. So, again, masks on. This is how it looks. This is a cloth mask because they told us not to get masks. By the time I went to get masks, they were sold out everywhere. I, I just was never fortunate enough to get masks. I couldn't get it on Amazon. I couldn't find it anywhere. Trust me. This was before things even got bad. Remember when I first posted that the FBI more ideas. We're already going to see a baby boom, so <laughs> everybody is just going to show up with a baby in a few months. Is, is that going to be something? That'll be something. Well, anyway, today is the 7th of April, and now that we've all survived uh, uh, Pamston, now we realize that we're heading into Easter Sunday without services. And somebody was commenting on my Facebook page that churches are having drive-up services, like drive-through services, where you, they take over a drive-in theater, and so on. And I'm like, for the love of God, stay home. What will it take? Could you just shut up and stay home and learn to stream, right? And it's not that they can't stream, but they feel like if they have people in the place and they can collect and see the face, then they can collect money. That's really what it comes down to. If you're going to drive through theater, if you're going to open it for church, then I want to go watch a movie. I am just saying, and I'm the biggest Christian there is. Stay home. What is wrong with people? So Triumph Church in Detroit, yeah, I'm calling you all out. Triumph Church in Detroit is holding drive-through services. If you're doing that, shut up and stop. Stop it. You are endangering the lives of people. People are going out because after that, they're going to go to the drive-through. And they're going to try to do other things that they should not do. You should not have people come out. How are you going to just, it's church. And the nature of church is, is it's congeniality where everybody comes out and talks to one another. How are you going to have people not come out and 
individuals, you, you are not preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. In a pandemic, Jesus Christ would never gather people, and none of you have the power to heal anybody anyway. Let's just be clear. You do not have the power of the anointing of Jesus Christ to heal. So shut up. This is for all you preachers who are out there, who are calling people and telling people to show up in your godly places, of course. I don't care who you are or how powerful you think you are. You are not more powerful than I am. I'm telling you right now, you need to sit still and shut up. And I guarantee you that some of you are going to pay the price because God is going to show you who is God and who he really is. If he says, sit still, Sit the bloody still and be still. Do you understand what I'm saying? Don't go out. The virus is airborne. It's an airborne pathogen. They either lie to us or they're not telling us the truth or they didn't really understand it. But if you have lived long enough, you know that these kinds of viruses are trying to the order. And I have issues too. Don't think I don't have issues. I don't understand it, for instance, why liquor stores are considered essential. And why marijuana dispensers are considered essential, but I can't go get my hair done. And I can't go get my nails done. So don't think I don't have issues. They need to redefine what is essential. Liquor and drugs are not essential. If they're not dispensed from a pharmacy, they're not essential. So I have issues with it, too. I want to go to church, too. I want to feel like I'm in the assembly of believers, too. But not at the risk of hurting everybody else. I think you all need to go back and revisit Acts and read the book of Acts to understand what being Christian and what being the assembly of worship is all about. Of Christianity that is made for TV and made for your ego that has nothing to do with the true gospel of Christ. Because if you really had power, the subject I'm going to talk about now, you would have solved that darn problem. So shut up, all of you, every church that is calling people to come into an assembly. You are wrong, and you are wrong. You should not be doing this. And you should be held liable. And here's how you're going to be held liable. People should start filing lawsuits when their when their family members have died from this. You know, uh, Kojic, uh, uh, the uh, Kojic, the Kojic uh, church group as an assembly have lost, I think, seven uh, leaders Trace it here in the southeast Michigan area. They lost one bishop and had a funeral, and people went to the funeral. And since then, the superintendents and the elders of that assembly, of that church group, have all died. They've lost seven people. And the rest of you all are still going to church and jumping up. Listen to me very carefully. You want to know God? Get down on your knees, read the book of Romans, the book of John, and the book of Acts. For yourself, God will come to you and you will get an understanding. It's not that you don't need to go to the church, but not in a time of a pandemic. They need to sit still. And yes, my name is Harriet Kamak, and all you church leaders, I welcome your comments. So come at me. Let, let go to, let's go to task and talk about this. But, you know, they're not really going to do that because they know that I'm speaking the truth. So they're not going to come at me. They're going to try to tear down folks like me, but they know they're going to examine me. My record is clean. They can't say jack. That's why I can call them out. I am so glad I live the way I live because now I can tell the truth. They're not paying me. I'm not attached to them. They're wrong. In one assembly, in one church, there are so many people. Uh, I, I pray for them. I think they're called Jordan Missionary Baptist Church. So many folks who have been ill. The pastor says he's overwhelmed. Send up some prayer for Reverend Flowers. He didn't, they didn't know how bad it was. And when they, this, 
they're now closed, and they comply with a, they're complying with a stay-at-home order. But when they, in the early March, they didn't realize the truth, and they are not speaking truth to power. They're not telling people the truth. And it is hurting people, and people are confused because people are following their religious leader, saying that that's what God would want. And they believe in that their religious leader is a true representative of God. And their religious leader is leading them straight down to the paths of hell because that's where he's headed. Some of you all need are going to feel that. You're going to burn and feel that because you have misled people and misguided people over the years. And people have paid the price because you did not tell them what was true and what was wrong. You did not guide them according to what God said. And now the people are paying the price. So now you, you are the ones who should pay the price because you are the represent. You call yourselves the representatives of God. Are you really? 100 members. Some of you all are busy counting the numbers. You better be careful that you don't end up in that ultimate number going up the steps to heaven. Amen. And this, if, if you were all real, domestic violence would not be as it is. Right now, domestic violence in our homes is on the rise. Right now, because people are sheltering in place. And you know how it is. People have nowhere else to go. And typically, in a domestic, in an abusive people don't become abusive overnight. So let me just say that. Most men are not abusive, but the men who are, they are abusive. So most men are not abusive. And it's not the situation that has brought on uh, violence. What it is that has brought it on, the violence already existed. The situation just exacerbated. So people are constantly do crazy stuff. They can't go out to go hunting and fire shots. So they turn to their, 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 their partners and fire shots. You have domestic violence. Also, in cases where families live together, there is always one who is abusive. Whether it's the father, grandfather, the uncle, the brother, somebody, the aunt, or somebody is there, and they initiate some kind of argument. Domestic violence is on the rise. It's not just here in the U.S. It's everywhere that has been under lockdown. In every country in the world, there has been an uptick in domestic violence. Matter of fact, China reopened its, did you see that? China reopened its cities. And all of a sudden, people were coming out of the woodwork. They're going to have a second wave over there because the virus is not completely gone yet. So they reopened, and people started visiting all the cities, the parks, right, and all the tourist sites. People just are just coming out in wonder, like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. I'm looking up in the sky, and I'm like, wrong things are gone. Then we're still at risk. And then you look at what it, you have to look at what causes Domestic violence. I mean, people are violent by nature. There's some people who are. Have you ever watched Criminal Minds? Have you ever watched the first 48? There are some people who, no matter what, are violent by nature. It has to do with the way they were socialized, and it has to do with unresolved emotional issues that are resident in their psyche that have never been addressed. Some people refuse to go to counseling. Some people have never visited a counselor or a therapist. They don't believe they need it. Typically, when someone says, I don't need counseling or I don't need therapy, that's the person who needs it the most. And we're all nodding our head like, yeah, that is true. And so we, we meet folks. We meet men and women. And we meet people. And, and we think they're nice. And they exhibit certain symptoms. Anybody who initiates uh, topics and initiates conversations of insight and uproar, those people are violent. You're forbidden you, in a group of people and seeing people, just there's just chaos. And the person who is quietest in the middle of the chaos is the one who started it. 
chances are that person has the potential to be violent. They just, you, you ever heard people say, I don't know what to set him off. He just erupted. No, no, baby. He was always violent. It was always there. He probably just can't control it, and sometimes he can't. But understand this, that right now, because of the pandemic and because support services are down, that means the police are not responding as quickly. The emergency services are not functioning as quickly. Guess what? It's a violent person's paradise. In law for violent people, violent people have taken over our society. You see that yesterday in Detroit, there was that police chase. Yeah? Well, what do you think he was doing? Did you see him at the gas station? He looked like he was just itching to do something. That's a potentially violent person. And we can look at them and we wonder, what do we do about this? Well, if you live with one, you need to get help. Do you know that there are more women checking into shelters since the lockdown started? A lot of women are checking into domestic violence shelters. They come into shelters battered and beaten and bruised because a violent person loves control. And when he realizes that the neighbors can't call the police or the neighbors are not going to call the police, the police are not going to come, he's going to beat someone within an inch of her life. I told you the story of in, in Kenton, Michigan, where a man took a saw. Now, I don't know why he ran, because he knows he's facing jail time. In, in such a case that, that, that you don't even need to to show up at court, they're going to do something to him because he has to be taken off the streets. Right? We have a problem. Home is where the violence is during this pandemic. Home is where the violence is. I lived through violence. As a matter of fact, to be clear, wherever there is a natural disaster, like a hurricane or an earthquake, wherever there is a natural disaster, typically there is what? There's violence. There's usually an uptick in violence because support services during a pandemic is going to take them 40 minutes or four hours. By that time, he has killed somebody. By the time someone is dead. Do you see what I mean? And so now, what do you do? If you're next door and you live in an apartment building and you hear your, you hear your neighbor screaming, call the police. Just don't ask any questions. Just say, I heard this woman next door screaming, and that man is always beating her up. Just call the police. Because when the police show up, they're not going to say, oh, well, you know, neighbor John Brown was, was screaming. They're just going to say there was a disturbance in the neighborhood, and we got calls. So they're not going to pinpoint it for that violent person to come back and hurt someone. So I don't want women and children and folks who live in violent situations, because violence sometimes is also your family members. Uh, some time ago, I can't give the specifics, but I was at a, an event where I was speaking, and uh, when they were talking about my book, Through the Fire, this was not too long ago, and somebody came forward, and she, she just stood in front of me, and I knew what I just said. I just started holding her hand and praying for her. She couldn't say much, but eventually when the words came out, she's married, and she lives with a controlling uh, uh, mother-in-law who controls them, who controls her and her husband. And because of economics, are you hearing me? For no other reason but economics. You can't get those. See, when I was, uh, most of most women, most uh, intimate partners, uh, when you're in a violent situation, going out of the, the home is a problem. It's an obstacle course. They don't want you to leave because their goal is to isolate you so that you're completely dependent on them. So the opportunity you get to go out is justified by work because 
because you earn money, right? Right. But it's control, like they call you every five minutes to make sure you're still at work. But today's world, they have your location settings. My ex-husband used to drive up at work. I kid you not. They do that to make sure that you are there. They call you to see if you're still at work until it becomes annoying. They control how you go to work so that you don't go to work frequently. Or when you're at work, they keep calling you so it becomes disruptive. Perhaps help her to get out is a blessing. Now, without that, she's trapped. Where are you going? I'm going to work. Well, it's, you're not working, so put your, exactly, stay home where he beats you with his fist. Whereas before you could go take a break, go to the mall or go to a parent or something, you can't do that now. It is a very, very stressful situation that we're not focused on. But I want to give you some signs and symptoms. If you live in an apartment building, the walls are thin, perhaps you're going to hear. And if you live in neighborhoods, you can still see the signs of violence because the violent man is always nice to the neighbor. He's always smiling. It's not gender specific. Do you see what I'm saying? And it's not confined to heterosexual relationships only. It happens in relationships of both sexes. And that person is still defined by this characteristic of wanting to assert control over their partner. Their ultimate goal is to control their partner, to make sure that their partner has no recourse and is totally under their control. And it is so bad that even when the person who escapes gets to court, survivors, this is not scientific, but in a group of survivors, she noticed that over time they were becoming diagnosed with cancer. And after a while, she was a social worker, so she was doing this. She, she had a support group. She had formed a support group in her community. And she said over time, she found that most of the women had, become, had been diagnosed with cancer. And it was like, what? And, she, and I said, that has to do with the, the, the tension that they lived with. And even when they got rid of the abuser, the damage is already done. This is why it's so important, ladies, work, and now he can't work, and he was violent before. He's 10 times more violent now. And he knows now that if someone calls the cops, listen to this, maybe she's not working, so the phone is disconnected. She can't pay the bill. Can you imagine? And if he tries to file for unemployment and the system crashes, it's her fault. He's going to beat her up and punch her up. She becomes his punching bag. Hello? This is real. This is not something that we're making up or hyperventilating about to make it sound like. And I know there are plenty of people for whom this is such a sensitive matter that you react negatively to it. I get that. Or you observed. And so it strikes accordingly. There are many men, for instance, who grew up watching their fathers and stepfathers be their moms. And they sometimes are violent. More often than not, they react violently. But some are silent sufferers. When they, they become more compassionate, they see a woman going through it, and they're extra compassionate because they feel overwhelmed to do something about it. And for you, this might be a sensitive time. It might remind you of a time when you saw your mother. Maybe your parents experienced a job loss, and your father took it out on your mom in an inch of her life. That's why you see some women today say, I don't want 
to be with anybody who is going to beat me up. If I have to work to support myself, I will do that. But I don't want anyone to control me. It's because they lived and experienced that kind of violence. It's very debilitating. I am so glad that I survived without any form of physical manifestation as a result of the violence that I lived through. I'm glad that I can talk about it without hurting. And believe me, it took years to get here. I didn't get here overnight. It took years. I didn't talk about it for many, many years, even when I began my public ministry. And I had been to therapy. You see what I mean? And I still had, then after that, I had PTSD. So I was sensitive. If I heard loud noises, it's like somebody coming up behind me. You know what I mean? So there are, hey, cuz. Hey, girl. My cousin is giving me a shout out. So when you look at it, you begin to realize that there is something to be said about this. And many of us are, are living, we see people who are living this. Imagine you were at work and you knew someone was in a violent relationship. You know you're thinking about them right now. You are wondering how they're doing. And I tell you what, you can reach out to them, but understand that there is a double-edged sword. You might reach out to them especially if you are male, and even if you're female, and you reach out to them, that that abuser is going to say, oh, that's your man. Boom, 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 slap, 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 kick, kick, kick. And these people are violent. Do you know they kick women? They kick them down the stairs. They kick them like balls rolling on the floor. They pummel their faces with their fists. Yes, I have to tell you for you to understand what it is, because many of you think when we say men are violent to women, just sharp words. No. No, it's not. It's it's unimaginable, the kind of violence that women are experiencing right now. They're showing up in shelters with bruises and cuts. And being kicked, those are lasting damages. Somebody kicking you in this part of your body, in your torso, they're hurting. It's affecting your lung and kidney function. You think they don't know what they're doing? And then when they're done, they say, well, I am sorry. I didn't know what I was doing. Something came over me. No, you need a visit to the people in strip with white jackets. You know those people? You know, they come in straight in white jackets and they put you in a straight thing and then you go in a wall in a room with white walls just made up. In fact, it's better to say, and it's very safe to say, that domestic violence has become a pandemic. Like I said, they're not collecting the data right now because statisticians are all working from home. But 911 dispatch centers around the country can tell you the story of how they hear women calling in and are crying and begging for help. It is beyond our imagining. It is beyond my scope. But we can help if you can. And I want us to think about it as childhood ever. My mother abandoned me emotionally. So I was a set up for a violent person. Don't you see? Was it my fault? No, I just didn't have the right mechanics. I didn't know the right role model. And so when it happened, it took my breath away. Right? You see, 
even my breath caught just saying that. It happens. It happens. And some of you off know because you're all going to be like, whoa, it might be worth the investment here just to do it. Right? <laughs> but listen to me. If, if, if God hadn't saved me, I wouldn't be here. And I know what it is like to have grown up with sucky parents who set you up for disaster. I know what it's like to feel like society is against you. Believe me, I've been there. But there is no reason for us to turn on the people we love and abuse our children. It's not their fault. And abuse our, 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 our intimate partners. They're with you in the struggle, so much so that you end up paying the price ultimately. Please don't hit your intimate partners. And if you know somebody, it might not be you, right? It might be someone else who is going through it. I'm asking you, please be compassionate. Please. And stay home with me. Can we stay home? I'm going to do more of these just to see what you're all doing. Are you all doing it? I just want to see if you're all staying home with me. Stay home with me. Reach out to me. I'm available on, on Facebook Messenger. You can ask me questions. Nobody sees my Facebook DMs. Nobody sees my Twitter DMs. It's only it's me and my people. Your DMs are not going to be screenshot and posted unless you do something you shouldn't be doing, in which case they're, they're going to do something about it, right? But reach out to somebody today. There's a woman waiting for deliverance who needs your help. And if she called you, you know, you might have known somebody from church or work. And if she called you and answered the darn phone, you might be her last call. You might be the only person she could think of on the only call to get her some help. Just go pick her up. Drop her off at a shelter. That's all. Pick her up. You don't have to take her into your house because you don't want the abuser coming to you. Drop her off at a shelter. Would I be here today? Probably not. He intended to kill me. But by the grace of God, it wasn't me who paid the price. So I'm asking all of us to be mindful of these things, right? And if you're a 911 dispatcher and you happen to hear, thank you, I know that I used to call and bawl my eyes out. I didn't know what to do, right? And compassion is a heck of a thing. I know sometimes, and I'm going to close on this, you will say that, but Harriet, I talked to her. I tried to get her out. I try to encourage her. Understand that it takes her 18, die within 18 months. They're killed by their abuser within 18 months. So she's hesitating to leave. It's not just economics. She has a deep down fear that she will never be able to live a free life because he will kill her. I am so grateful that at the time when I got out, I could travel across the country to Michigan. So he wasn't going to come to Detroit and try to be bad with the folks here in Detroit. It wasn't about to happen. He used to call my family the Detroit Mafia. You know who they were? Just my mother. <laughs> That's who he was calling the Detroit Mafia. But yes, he wasn't going to come up here and mess with the Detroit Mafia. He's the way, and if she can talk to that family member, and they're willing to help her, then fine. Because a lot of women who are coming out of this, Sometimes they have to, to deal with the trauma. That's something we don't understand. The trauma of living with a violent person. A lot of people turn to drugs and alcohol and become dependent on that. It's coping. Don't blame them. 
It's called coping. We all have issues. Thank God my issues are resolved, right? I can breathe from ear to ear and smile because I know that I live free. And I choose to live free. I continue to make those healthy choices for myself to live. And frankly, I ain't going back for in, into that kind of foolishness. I'm not, nobody's going to come and hurt me. As my ex said, the Detroit Nazi, my mom is gone. Guess who took over her reign? <laughs> right? So stay safe, everybody. For those of you who just recently joined, look what I have on my mask. Look at this. My Facebook friend, Ann Foster. And Foster on Facebook. She makes these. Hook her up. We'll check her out. All right, you like how this looks? It doesn't look cute. It's my new fashion statement. Listen, y'all. Who would have thought that the fashion statement for 2020 is this? Look, check this out. It would be fashionable to stay home in 2020. I'll put this on. Y'all, different times, man. Different times. Look at this. Look at this. Right? <laughs> So it's pink. Don't judge me. I, I, I didn't order pink. <laughs> Let me just clarify that. She made them pink. I didn't tell her I wanted pink. She made them pink. I'm likely to order more because it wasn't enough. But at the time, I don't know what I was thinking. I probably was thinking it's five days. Oh, no, we need masks. So go hook her up. Her name is Ann Foster on Facebook. And there's another website, Etsy.com. One of my cousins has um, has some other designs on there as well. It's, she's called Pitchur, P-E-T-C-H-U-R. doesn't matter where on the planet you live right now. Don't go out without a mask. Even if you have to use a scar to cover, right? I, I come, I'm now going out with my – we're not going to talk about our hair. I, I, I think that – anyway. Anyway, I'm not going to say anything, right? So don't complain about my eyebrows and my hair because I'm not complaining about how you look, <laughs> right? Because this is real. But think about our sisters and our, our lady friends, our girlfriends, right? And all of them who and children who are in the midst of this. Please, it's a pandemic. So pray for them. Consider that. What I live down the street, and I'm sick and tired of hearing this man beat his wife up. Can you do something about it? Just like that. You don't even have to. They're not even taking your name. They're, they have your name and number anyway, but they're not going to take it. They're just going to say, what address? Just give us a cross street. Give us an address. And go on and just say, I'm tired of hearing this woman boss. And if somebody in your circle reaches out, drop them off at a shelter. And ask them after this is done, can I help you to get to a relative? Because that's what helped for me. Right? Right. I'm done. It's Tuesday. It's still Tuesday. Aren't the days running into one another? Like, I don't know how nice it is to know you are here. Do you know how nice it is? Right? In the midst of all this stuff and all the bad news, it's nice to see that we're still here. And I celebrate you on today. Thank you so much, everybody. Be blessed. Hey, y'all. Hey. <laughs> Thanks so much, everybody. Be blessed. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.